welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. Join your host, Rhonda Arl and Laura Forehand. We want to help you as teachers reach your full potential by keeping you up to date with all the latest and best Whole Brain Teaching strategies. Whole Brain Teaching is a grassroots educational reform movement founded by Coach Chris Biffle, Jay Vanderfin, and Chris Rexstad. Whole Brain Teaching's goal is to create peaceful classrooms through orderly fun. To support the podcast, please like and share with other teachers. Thank you for listening and enjoy the podcast. And now, here are Laura and Rhonda. Welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. I'm Rhonda Arlt, and I'm so glad to be here with you. And I've got my co-host with us, Laura. How are you today, Laura? I'm good. I'm a little bit tired from school. How are you? Doing well. Yeah. Well, we're excited because today we have back to continue our conversation. Whole Brain Teaching founder, Coach Chris Biffle. Um, we're talking about self-care for teachers climbing upward, dealing with our beloved rascals. And this has been one of the most transformational podcast series I think we've had in a very, very long time, if ever. We're so grateful that we're able to produce this content for you. Um, Now's the time as teachers are reentering the classroom after break that this is becoming um, something that's just much needed. We're seeing a lot more um, downloads on our podcast numbers. Um, So this is something that teachers are truly needing at this time. And the series is truly touching the lives of not only educators, but the students that are entrusted to them. So if you've missed any of the episodes in this series, we want you to, we want to strongly encourage you to go back and listen. Today, we are going to dive into the next, which is the caution key. So welcome back to the podcast, coach. I'm delighted to be here, ladies. And you're exactly right. What we're doing is really constructing what might be called a microtherapy. A microtherapy would be something that would be tightly focused upon one situation and one particular kind of individual. The situation is that you have a beloved rascal. You've had a tough day with that beloved rascal. And you are an educator. So what we're doing is we're focusing on what we think is one of the greatest, most overlooked areas in instruction. There's millions of pages written about classroom management, and I hope whole brain teaching is added usefully to some of those, but almost nothing that we can find to help teachers survive, and it's often survive, let's face it, get through another day and get ready for the next day to give our kids the care we need. Laura, I just feel like you might agree with me that we need a microtherapy for teachers of beloved rascals. What do you say, girl? Definitely coach. And I think you're right. I think this is, I think this is it. I think what you're creating here is exactly that because I know that since doing these podcasts with you just 
the way that I kind of go about my day and the way I even leave school. I mean, I might be tired, but I feel like I'm dealing in a different way with my beloved rascals. That's keeping me from just wanting to throw my hands up and, and calling the whole thing off. Yeah. Uh, and Rhonda, I have the feeling, and I'm just a very intuitive soul, that you may be able to use this information in podcasts, even though you don't have any beloved rascals, it may help you live a more harmonious life. What do you say, Ron? Are you finding any applications here outside of school? Absolutely, I do. And I'm so grateful for that, Coach, because, I mean, that's one downfall about retirement. I can't try out your new ideas in the classroom, but this one is really touching me personally and helping me in my life, my personal life. So I appreciate it. All right, super. So we are using uh, two well-founded psychological techniques. One is cognitive behavioral therapy, and the other is guided imagery that started with C.J. Jung. And we're just adapting them to this particular situation. I imagine a teacher driving home, they have don't have much time, don't have enough money or opportunity to go to a therapist, and they need self-care. So we imagine that we're on Alpha Hawk Island, and we discover seven golden keys. Now, true to whole brain teachings commitment to making things easy to memorize, the keys are arranged in alphabetical order. There's the alpha hawk key, which we've talked about, the blessing key we've talked about, the caution key, ladies. Oh, ho, ho, ho. the caution key coming up today. That's C. D is the dream key. E is the energy key. F is the friends key. And G is the God key. What we're trying to do is to tune you in, Laura, to what we're going to call the oxytocin channel. Oxytocin is the cuddle chemical, mm -hmm. what floods through our brain and our bloodstream when we're feeling love. And Laura, you've had a tough day and you need not a burst of oxytocin. You need to reside receiving the a steady stream of oxytocin. So it's sort of like an energizing meditation. It isn't so much to calm you down, but it's to help you overcome the stress of a tough day of teaching. Mm -hmm. I see you nodding your head, my dear friend. <laughs> Talk about the difference between taking 10 deep breaths and trying to calm down, which might not work after a tough day. Mm -hmm. And focusing your mind on this oxytocin love channel. What's the difference? Yeah, so I just I feel like sometimes those deep breaths do work for me, but sometimes they honestly do not. And yeah. so I I think what I need more is something that's going to help me just you know be on more of an even keel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I like that whole concept, Coach. All right. Now. We're working hard to make this easy to memorize because you're in your car. Of course, you can take notes on this, folks, but you're in your car, let's say, 
and you're thinking about these keys, and it turns out each of the keys has three powers, three components. So the alpha hawk key, I want you to think of the alpha hawk key and think of people who have influenced your life, Rhonda. And I'm going to say, Alpha Hawks live for others, thinking about them. So there are male Alpha Hawks, Rhonda, get ready for this, female Alpha Hawks, and my friend, pet Alpha Hawks. I'm going to make the claim, Rhonda, that dogs and cats are four-legged therapists. And... You think back to childhood or you think back to your pet now and your pet is an alpha hawk because for Pete's sakes, Rhonda, they live for others, especially you. And when you think of your pet, you're getting oxytocin and I believe there's evidence that the pet is getting oxytocin too. We measure what's happening in, inside your dog's mind and we see, even in exchanging a glance, there's similar, similar chemicals going on as in your mind. So the three alpha hawks, males, think of the males in your life who live for others, the females, and the pets who are with you now or in the past. Rhonda, tell me how excited you are, because I see a Snoopy there in the background on the video. Tell me how excited you are to discover that you may own a four-legged therapist who yeah. gives you the feeling, even thinking about them, of love and closeness and warmth. Talk about it, Rhonda. Okay, Coach. Well, I am super excited because I've always felt like my little angel, my little Morky is my 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 little therapist, even though she didn't know it. Just even when you come in from work, I remember her just being so excited to see me and that instantly lifts you up. So, so excited to hear that. Yes, definitely. She is my little therapist. All right. So you can hold the alpha hawk key in your hand and you can think about males and females and pets. Three. You hold a blessing key in your hand, Laura. And you think of blessings that come to you from people, mm -hmm. from places and events. Now, what we're trying to do, Laura, is to give you a steady stream of happy, pleasant thoughts. So you don't have to hold your mind to one or two because that, that's tough. You just are streaming through blessings that have come to you from people, blessings that have come to you from places, and blessings that have come to you from events. Because it's going to take you a while to get over a tough day with Wild Jack. Right. Explain back to me the triple blessings from the blessing key. And then, ladies, I hope you're sitting down. I see that you are. We're going to go to that caution key. Go ahead. Perfect. Yeah. So the blessing key. I really enjoyed talking about this with you last podcast, Coach. So we can get those. We can tap into the blessing key. We can hold that blessing key and think about people that have blessed us, um, places that have blessed us, and even events that have blessed us. Yes. All right, the caution key. Now, you pick up the caution key 
And these keys are all shaped like old-fashioned skeleton keys. The top of the Alpha Hawk key has a beautifully formed hawk. The top of the Blessing key, of course, in that little handle part, has a golden book. And the top of the Caution key has a heart with a three in it. Laura, what we're doing is we're activating the visual cortex, making these keys more visual, more brain engaging. And the more brain engaging these keys are, the less room you have over to fret about Wild Jack. Explain how happy you are. <laughs> You're so happy today, ladies. Explain <laughs> how happy you are, Laura, to get your visual cortex involved in visualizing this caution key with a heart in the handle with a three in it. How helpful is that? Well, it is really helpful, Coach, because if if I'm if I've just dealt with Wild Jack all day, yeah. my yeah. visual cortex is replaying. Yes. All those times during the day yes. where I was losing it, right? Or just inside just seething because he was not doing what I was yes. wanting him to do. So if I can visualize these keys, then that replaces the the visualization that is just keeping me in a place of anger. All right. Let's talk about this, Rhonda. Laura probably is the only teacher in the United States who's going through this stuff, but we're just here, Rhonda, to help Laura. So Rhonda, what's happening is that our amygdala, and amygdala is related to the Latin word for almond. We have an, we have two amygdalas, one in each hemisphere, they're shaped like almonds. And they are our alarm buttons. Laura, when you step off the curb and here comes a car out of nowhere, the alarm goes off and you don't have to think about it. Because if the alarm was wired up to your prefrontal cortex and you had to say, What's happening? Am I in danger? What should I do? The alarm has to be automatic. Otherwise, you're going to get run over. Explain why the amygdala is not your enemy. It's your friend. It's the automatic alarm button down inside your brain. Explain that, Rhonda. Okay, Coach. Well, this amygdala, there's some almond-shaped little alarm buttons that are in your brain, and they evidently immediately activate so you don't have time to process all of the questions you might have relating to that scary situation. The alarm button, Laura, is has connections all through your brain, and it's also connected to your adrenal glands located on top of your kidneys. And the adrenal glands produce signals that increase your breathing and your heart rate and tense your muscles. All of which is good, Laura, mm -hmm. when that car is bearing down on you. 
Right. Boom. Alarm goes off amygdala. The amygdala sends out signals that gets the body ready to react. And that's a good thing in most situations. Laura, explain what you think people's behavior is like. And there are people who've had such damage to the amygdala that it's not functional. Well, they don't have a lot of stress, but Laura, what would be the problem there? Well, they can't. I'm assuming that they that the reaction is off. Um, yes. They can't signal the body to help it react properly, maybe. Yes, yes. Now, close to the amygdala is the hippocampus, and the hippocampus forms memories, emotional memories, conceptual memories. So the hippocampus is working with your amygdala and letting you know, should I jump back? Is this genuine danger? Do I need to investigate it further? Because the amygdala goes off, and then we need to make a rapid assessment based upon our emotional memories. So a kid steps off the curb. Kid does not have any emotional memories of the danger of an onrushing car. But after you've had some of those memory experiences, you know that, yes, this is a time to step back. So we have emotional memories that help us evaluate how sensible this alarm is or not. So explain the role here of the hippocampus in the activation of the amygdala. It's kind of the pause button, the wait and see button. Do I have some memories of onrushing cars that are, you know, going to make me really react with my adrenal glands? Talk about it, Laura. Yeah, so the hippocampus, it, it's what forms memories from what I remember you saying. And it's going to work with our adrenal gland. It's going to, like you said, it's kind of like the pause button. So it helps us to maybe then evaluate the situation. So if the amygdala, amygdala is the alarm, or excuse me, adrenal gland, the amygdala is the alarm system, then the hippocampus kind of helps us maybe then evaluate the situation. So I'm saying all this, Laura, for the sole purpose of helping you understand what's going on in your brain after a bad day with Wild mm -hmm. Jack. Mm -hmm. And the more you understand it, Laura, the more you move the center of your attention from the limbic system and its emotions up into the prefrontal cortex. Gotcha. And that's what a trained therapist can do. A trained therapist is telling you, all right, I understand you've got those fears and worries. Let's think about them. Let's move the center of your attention from emotions to reason. It kind, of, right. it kind of reminds me of that saying I've heard, like it's better to respond than to react. Right? Oh, that's so, so, so true. Yeah. All right. Little bit of brain science here, appropriate enough since we're in we're designing a whole brain microtherapy. Let's look at the caution key. 
Now, Rhonda, I hesitate to tell you this, but since you're not in the classroom, and I notice that Laura is just looking around the room, she's not paying attention too much. <laughs> Rhonda, you have three inner beloved rascals. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm saying, Rhonda, that not only are you dealing with Wild Jack, who's a beloved rascal, but you have an inner beloved rascal, and you got three of them. Rhonda, tell me how important caution is when you're in danger of waking up your own inner beloved rascals for Pete's sakes. Yeah, this is scaring me to death here to know that I have three when I'm dealing with some in the classroom, but I have three <laughs> inside me. Oh, my. <laughs> now, Laura, have you ever noticed that Wild Jack activates your own strong emotional response to his strong emotional response. And as we say in whole brain teaching, you can't teach kids to control their emotions when your emotions are out of control. Speak to that sister and preach it. Go. Okay. Because I coach, this is so true. And I quote you every time I like talk to other teachers about whole brain teaching. I don't know if you remember telling me this, but a long time ago, I remember um, talking to you probably through one of our phone calls and I was frustrated because it was kind of like that situation. Yeah. And you told me that I cannot deal with a child who's working from their limbic system if I too yeah. am working from my own limbic system. And that was like a light bulb moment. I was like, yeah, it's like two little kids just kind of butting heads. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Rhonda, now that we've got Laura's attention and she, she has that worried look on her face, three inner beloved rascals. All right. One rascal that you have, Laura, and we all have, is the fighting rascal. And the other rascal is the fleeing rascal. And the other rascal is the frozen rascal. So as we say, as we know, the amygdala has three kinds of alarms, fight, flee, or freeze. And so we change those into our language, fighting rascal, fleeing rascal, and frozen rascal. And my dear, dear friend, you've got all three. And you need to keep them on a short leash. Laura, explain the distressing news that your coach has just given you about your three inner beloved rascals. Who are they? Oh, boy. Yeah. So um, I feel like I definitely have these rascals in me. So there's the fighting rascal, the fleeing yeah. rascal, and then there's the frozen rascal, all, all three right. of which are in all of us. Yes. And the nice thing is, is that it's much better for us, Rhonda, to identify these processes than to suffer from them. And that's what we're doing. All right. Rhonda, think back. We're going to activate your fighting rascal. 
And doing this on purpose follows the great tradition of whole brain teaching, which is do things the wrong way in order to learn the right way. And that's what we do in classrooms. So Rhonda, we're going to activate your fighting rascal. Okay. Think back. And the sentence frame is, I am angry at Wild Jack because. Okay. Give me that sentence and fill it in a couple of times if you wish. But that is, that's the inner voice that you're, you're, you are verbally aggressive and you're imagining what you could or should have said to this kid and your teeth are gritted. And listen, your muscles are tense. Your heart rate is going up. Your breathing is increasing. The adrenaline is flowing through your body even after the day is over, girl. Get it, get it together, will you? All right. I will I'm try, Coach. Go, Rhonda. Okay. I'm angry at Wild Jack because he kept interrupting my lesson. I am angry at Wild Jack because he trashed my classroom. That's beautiful. That's good anger. Laura, you got Wild Jack. We know you've got a couple. We'll just call him Wild Jack. Laura, activate that fighting rascal and grit your teeth just as our dear Rhonda did. Rhonda's been retired for a while, but she's still gritting her teeth. <laughs> okay. I am so angry at Wild Jack because he refuses to do anything I ask him to do. Yeah. I am so angry at Wild Jack because... He is crawling underneath the tables, crying, and I feel like I'm back in kindergarten. Oh, that's really, really good. Now, notice what you're doing. The amygdala is on automatic. It is re-experiencing the threat and the stress of the day. And it's still going. The alarm is still ringing, Laura, even though the day is over. That's the problem with an out-of-control amygdala. Once it goes off, shutting it down is, is very difficult. I mean, you hear a noise outside, and your amygdala reacts to that stress and it's hard for you to calm down, even though you realize it's just a, a, a branch. Once that alarm goes off, it is very useful that it doesn't go off and then stop going off. The best kind of alarm is going to keep ringing until, you know, you've taken care of business. All right. That's the fighting rascal. And we do the inner fight after school's over. And it increases our stress and it's bad for our health. We'll talk about health issues another time. Rhonda, the fleeing rascal, I bet, and I had some bad patches of teaching, and you teach, and then you think about retirement, and you got 20 years to go, and you do another day, and you're still thinking about retirement, and that is the fleeing rascal. Rhonda, sentence frame, I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because. In other words, you're going to flee from Wild Jack. I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because. Go, Rhonda. Okay, hopefully I'll do this one right. I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because I am probably not the best teacher for him. 
Great. Give me another. I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because he doesn't listen to what I have to say. Beautiful. What you're doing is exactly what Wild Jack does when he gets under his desk, when he crawls on his floor, on the floor. You are mentally crawling under your desk. You are mentally, and this is the unfortunate new word we have in education, you're, you're eloping. That's what we call running out of the classroom. You are eloping. And that is when the fleeing rascal is ruling your brain. Laura, Wild Jack, get that fleeing rascal going. I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because... I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because, well, he's just not going to be my problem in a couple months. <laughs> That's a good one. Give me another one. Whoa. Um, I don't want to have anything to do with Wild Jack because if he can't respect me, I'm not going to respect him. That's beautiful. Yes, that those are the limbic, emotional, non-rational statements that we make cued by the amygdala. All right. Now, some of the older manuals talk about fighting and fleeing, but there's a third state, and that's freezing. You don't know what to do. Or you cycle, you cycle through all these. It isn't that you – Laura, when you're in an argument, and I know you've never been in one, but let me just explain to you what ordinary human life is like. You yell at someone. That's fighting. I don't want to talk to you anymore. You go into your room. And then you think of one more thing you want to say, and you come out of your room. Out of the room, into the room, out of the room, into the room. Fight, flee, fight, flee, fight, flee. That's the cycle. And you get to a state. Sometimes you just say right away, I don't know what to do. I just do not know what to do. That's the frozen rascal. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I can't reach Wild Jack because I don't, how about, let's just change it. I don't know what to do with Wild Jack because, Laura, that's the frozen rascal. Go. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what to do with Wild Jack because I feel like I've tried everything and yeah. just nothing seems to be working. You're frozen. Rhonda. Activate your frozen rascal. I don't know what to do um, about Wild Jack because he frustrates me so much. Yes. Frozen. You're just frozen. Now, Laura, remember that the caution key has a heart in the handle. And the heart has a three in it. Now, notice the continuity here of three all the way through this. Mm -hmm. The heart in the handle is one of the most powerful aspects of the seven golden keys. Laura, maybe we shouldn't talk about this. Maybe we should wait a few weeks and, and really just let this sink in about one of the most powerful aspects of seven golden keys or Laura, should we just go on and just tell our listeners what to do 
when the three inner beloved rascals are driving a cuckoo. Should we just lay it out there, Laura? I think you, you should. I don't think you should should leave our listeners or me or Rhonda <laughs> with with just all our our inner beloved rascals screaming at us right now. So we right. want to hear about how we can solve Remember this. Remember that that we said that we need to have these streaming oxytocin. Mm -hmm. And when you deliberately think about these three inner beloved rascals, it's very different than having those emotions flying around in your brain. You're up in your prefrontal cortex. And when I say up, it's right behind your forehead. And you're identifying these patterns. And identifying the patterns, Laura, is different than suffering from the patterns. Understanding the ocean's currents is a very different situation than drowning in the ocean's currents. Oh my goodness, I just thought that up. Give me a 10 finger woo, ladies. Woo. Laura, run that ocean analogy back. Oh I, my goodness. I hope I don't forget it. That's a good one. Go. Well, okay. Rhonda, you might have to help me with this one. Um, so I remember you saying that the ocean, well, you're not going to forget it, coach, because it's on the podcast. So we can <laughs> back and listen to it. But you said knowing the ocean's cur current is very different from being and drowning in the ocean's current. That's exactly it. Yeah. Understanding it. Yeah. Yes. All right. So here's the, here's the powerful antidote to the three inner beloved rascals. Laura, mm -hmm. the antidote is love, of course. And we are called to greater and greater love as teachers, period. So our sentence frame is, I love Wild Jack because, comma, because, comma, and because. I love Wild Jack because blank, blank, and blank. Three loves, that's why three is in the heart. Go ahead, Laura. Okay. Go slowly. Okay. And think about this particular kid. Tell us three reasons that you have of, of loving this rascal. Okay. So I love Wild Jack because he greets me with a smile every morning. Beautiful. He is always eager to help his classmates. Wow. And if there is someone on the playground who looks a little lonely, Wild Jack will be the first one to ask if he wants to play with him. That's incredible. Rhonda, think about your Wild Jack. Could be a, a girl. Finish the sentence frame. I love Wild Jack or Wild Jill because go okay i love wild jill because she's so excited when she comes into my classroom yeah um when i'm needing help she's the first one to volunteer yeah and because at the end of the day she gives me a hug yeah that's where we have to be my dear friends and listeners that's where we have to be. Now, Laura, 
Unfortunately, there are no quick fixes. Mm -hmm. So you have said three reasons why you love Wild Jack. And you don't want an oxytocin burst. You want a stream. So talk about the first reason that'll give you more oxytocin. Talk about the second reason that'll give you more oxytocin. Talk about the third reason you're activating the cuddle chemical in your brain. And the more you talk about each of those reasons, the calmer you're going to be. And the more impossible it is for the amygdala to sound its alarm, there's no reason to, to sound an alarm because this kid is lovable and every one of our kids are lovable, period. <laughs> Laura, talk about each reason. Go ahead. Okay. So, do, Coach, do you want me to go back into my, yeah. my sentence? Okay. Yeah. So I love Wild Jack because he greets me with a smile every day. Mm -hmm. We do fiber at the beginning of the day and he's a four, but even if he's a three, you know, he just, we, he makes eye contact with me. He tries his best to give me a smile. And not only that, but every once in a while, he'll even ask me, how are you doing today? Whoa. Yeah. Um, I also love wild Jack because he is one of the first ones to offer help to his classmates. So, you know, if if somebody spills their art box, he's the first one to get down there and help them pick it up. And um, or, or if I need someone to sweep up a part of my room, he's happy to do it. He does it with a really positive attitude. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I love Wild Jack because, you know, I've seen kids on the playground that have been... Um, looking a little bit lonely or they're just having a bad day and man, he's just the first one he never fails. He just goes over and, you know, says, come on, come play with me. Let's go play kickball or let's go play basketball. Um, you know, it just, it just warms my heart to see yeah. that kind of kindness. Now I'm imagining some of my listeners are thinking, well, that Laura, she's lucky. Her wild Jack is lovable. Listen, my friends, I love every Wild Jack, one, because they really need love. Yeah. I love every, every Wild Jack because they're bringing to school problems that my affection for them may be the only current cure they have. So I can't hold back my love. And just very selfishly, I love Wild Jack because when I'm loving him, I feel myself in a way that I don't feel myself in any other part of my life. It lifts me up to where God wants me to be. What a privilege to have Wild Jack in my life. He makes me a better teacher. He gives meaning to my career. And when I look back, and I've taught for 40 years, when I look back, I look back on the kids that were shattered. 
I had a young man and I could tell he was troubled from the time he sat in my classroom. He was very sad, broken day after day. Never said much. I had him come to my office and we talked for a while. In high school, he'd been out with several of his friends. They went 80 miles an hour through a stop sign and he hit the car of another student at his school and killed that person. And so I talked to him and he's just one of the many, many kids that I remember. It's the kids who are wounded that call out our noblest qualities and all of us are Christians here, folks listening, whether you are or not. It, it makes us much closer to God's image. Rhonda, talk about the blessing of the wild jacks and jills you had. Go, girl. Okay. Well, these poor little wild jack and jills, they need our love. And um, I think that's that's very important because they come from a broken place. And we as teachers can give them the opportunity to give them love that they might not get anywhere else. So, and then I think the third reason that you talked about was because it's what God wants us to be like. You need him to be more, we need to be more like Jesus was and loving everybody, you know, not just the good people, but the ones that are hurting or are struggling as well. Mm -hmm. Laura, talk about why this wild jack that you have in your classroom is a blessing. You know, coach, while you were sharing your story, which was really powerful and moving. Um, you know, I kept thinking, how do I want to be remembered by my students? It's, it's not my goal to be like the favorite teacher. It really isn't, but it, but I want to be, I want students to, to know and feel how much I care about them and how much I love them and invest in them. Like you did this young man's life. Um, when I walk down the hall and students that are now in fourth and fifth grade and they still say good morning to me, Beautiful. that means I've created a relationship with them. And that's huge. And I would rather have created a very positive, loving relationship with them than have them remember me as the teacher that was always yelling at them or always butting heads with them or whatever, you know, and avoiding me in the hallway rather than telling me good morning. So, yeah. That's our highest calling. Our highest calling is not to teach reading, writing, and math, though that's very useful. Our highest calling is to give love to broken-hearted kids. And they're all broken in one way or another. All right, my friends. We have seven golden keys. We've talked about the Alpha Hawk key, A, the Blessing key, B, the Caution key, C, and each of those keys has this, these three components to kind of help us remember things. Next week, the dream key. And, oh, I wonder what the three components of that dream key are. Can't wait till next week, my, my dear, dear friends. Well, we can't either, Coach. We're so excited about this series. So 
Thank you for joining us today. We say this at the end of every episode, but it is so true. You are helping so many educators and classrooms with your wisdom. We are so grateful for your time. We want to encourage our listeners to go to our website at wholebrainteaching.com for information about Whole Brain Teaching and also check out the Whole Brain Teaching official store for free resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. Yes, and as always, Coach, this has been a joy. I always leave these podcasts, and I'm going to speak for Rhonda too because we talk about it afterwards, but I do always leave these podcasts. We always leave these podcasts with our hearts fuller. They truly are fuller for having had these conversations with you. To you, our listeners, we are thankful for you so much as well. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with all your teacher friends and as well as your administrators. We truly value you, and this podcast would not be possible without you. You are the reason we do what we do, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Bye.